but not Miss Daw. If we were shipwrecked together on an uninhabited island, let me suggest a tropical island, for it costs no more to be picturesque, I would build her a bamboo hut, I would fetch her breadfruit and coconuts, I would fry yams for her, I would lure the ingenuous turtle and make her nourishing soups. But I would not make love to her, not under eighteen months. I would like to have her for a sister, that I might shield her and counsel her, and spend half my income on old thread lace and camel's hair shawls. We are off the island now. If such were not my feeling, there would still be an obstacle to my loving Miss Daw. A greater misfortune could scarcely befall me than to love her. Fleming, I am about to make a revelation that will astonish you. I may be all wrong in my premises and consequently in my conclusions, but you shall judge. That night, when I returned to my room after the croquet party at the Dawes, and was thinking over the trivial events of the evening, I was suddenly impressed by the air of eager attention with which Miss Daw had followed my account of your accident. I think I mentioned this to you. Well, the next morning, as I went to mail my letter, I overtook Miss Daw on the road to Rye, where the post office is, and accompanied her thither and back, an hour's walk. The conversation again turned to you, and again I remarked that inexplicable look of interest which had lighted up her face the previous evening. Since then, I have seen Miss Daw perhaps ten times, perhaps oftener, and on each occasion I found that when I was not speaking of you, or your sister, or some person or place associated with you, I was not holding her attention. She would be absent-minded, her eyes would wander away from me to the sea, or to some distant object in the landscape. Her fingers would play with the leaves of a book in a way that convinced me she was not listening. At these moments, if I abruptly changed the theme, I did it several times as an experiment, and dropped some remark about my friend Fleming, then the somber blue eyes would come back to me instantly. Now, is not this the oddest thing in the world? No, not the oddest. The effect which you tell me was produced on you by my casual mention of an unknown girl swinging in a hammock is certainly as strange. You can conjecture how that passage in your letter of Friday startled me. Is it possible, then, that two people who have never met and who are hundreds of miles apart can exert a magnetic influence on each other? I have read of such psychological phenomena, but never credited them. I leave the solution of the problem to you. As for myself, all other things being favorable, it would be impossible for me to fall in love with a woman who listens to me only when I am talking of my friend. I am not aware that anyone is paying marked attention to my fair neighbor. The lieutenant of the Navy, he is stationed at Rivermouth, sometimes drops in of an evening, and sometimes the rector from Stillwater. The lieutenant, the oftener. He was there last night. I should not be surprised if he had an eye to the heiress. But he is not formidable. Mistress Daw carries a neat little spear of irony, and the honest lieutenant seems to have a particular facility for impaling himself on the point of it. He is not dangerous, I should say, though I have known a woman to satirize a man for years and marry him after all. Decidedly, the lowly rector is not dangerous. Yet again, who has not seen cloth of frieze victorious in the lists where cloth of gold went down? As to the photograph, there is an exquisite ivory type of Marjorie in Passepartout on the drawing-room mantelpiece. 
It would be missed at once if taken. I would do anything reasonable for you, Jack, but I've no burning desire to be hauled up before the local justice of the peace on a charge of petty larceny. P.S. Enclosed is a spray of mignonette, which I advise you to treat tenderly. Yes, we talked of you again last night, as usual. It is becoming a little dreary for me. 8. Edward Delaney to John Fleming August 22, 1872 Your letter in reply to my last has occupied my thoughts all the morning. I do not know what to think. Do you mean to say that you are seriously half in love with a woman whom you have never seen, with a shadow, a chimera? For what else can Miss Daw be to you? I do not understand it at all. I understand neither you nor her. You are a couple of ethereal beings moving in finer air than I can breathe with my commonplace lungs.